1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Auburn Undercover and Inside the Auburn Tigers podcast. I am Keith Niebuhr, and I'm joined by Jason Caldwell and Mark Murphy of Inside the Auburn Tigers. And we've got a lot to discuss this week. Auburn sitting at two and two plays at one and three Ole Miss. It doesn't on paper, at least if you're looking at the records, seem like much of an interesting matchup. But then when you look at the dynamics involved, the Auburn on a two game losing streak, uh, Ole Miss having this unbelievable offense, but this unbelievably bad defense, can Auburn's offense find some consistencies? Can Auburn's defense begin to play like Auburn defenses of past year? So there is a lot to talk about. And guys, uh, I'm going to start with you, Mark. You know, after two straight losses, Auburn sits at two and two, and you're already starting to see the national stories that say Gus Malzon, Auburn's head coach, Uh, is on the hot seat. Is that accurate? And what is the temperature right now out there of the the Auburn fan base and particularly, Mark, the important people, the people that make the decisions?
2: You know, right now, you know, the buyout is just so incredibly high. And, uh, you know, the financial situation with COVID going on, I don't know if they're going to be making any changes anytime soon. And, you know, I've been through this before. Going back to Suge Jordan, I've heard people calling for him to be fired, Doug Barfield to be fired, Pat die to be fired on and on and on. So, you know, anytime you lose a couple of games during the season, you know, there's going to be a portion of the fan base that, that feels that way. And, uh, you know, it's just amplified in this era of social media where, uh, you know, there's so much attention on a 24-7 news cycle and, and people have access to talk to other people about their feelings.
1: Mark, we know things can change fast, for, for better or for worse, right now you're saying, okay, it's it's not, the noise isn't too loud. Would a loss this weekend change that?
2: Every loss will increase the noise, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, if, if they win an Ole Miss, and they're a slight favorite, you know, I think there still will continue to be a lot of noise because some fans just don't like Gus Malzahn. That's the way it is.
1: All right, Jason, uh, the question for you, how has Auburn's start and any negativity among the fan base impacted recruiting. Uh, Auburn's got 13 commitments, but really hasn't had a new commitment in a while. Uh, A big target committed to arch-rival George on Thursday night, a defensive back named Kamari Lassiter. Uh, Five-star cornerback is going to uh, 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 – Ja'Quincy McKinstry is going to announce a commitment Sunday. Auburn's a finalist with Alabama and LSU. Looks like he's trending to Alabama. Jeremiah Williams, Auburn's top edge rusher target. He's going to announce soon. It looks like he's trending elsewhere. So is Auburn getting hurt by this pretty bad right now?
0: Yeah, uh, I think so. I think it's a combination of things, Keith. Uh, you know, we've talked about <clears throat> Auburn probably as much as anybody has been hurt by kids not being able to take visits. Um, that's something that's had an impact, and I think will continue to have an impact. But, you know, it's not necessarily wins and losses. Um, that You know, there might be a kid or two, that says oh that loss I'm I'm going somewhere else now for the most part the wins and losses don't really have an impact on recruiting but how a fan base handles wins and losses when you start um, you know social media can have a big impact on these kids because they're on it a lot of times and so when you start talking about Gus Malzahn calling out players on social media as, as a fan base then I think that has as much or more of an impact as anything and I think that's what we're seeing right now and so um, there's a way to turn that tide. Um, you, you win a couple of games, get a little momentum, start to play better on both sides of the ball, and, and things can change just as quickly as they seem to be going downhill. All
1: right. Uh, let's talk about the matchups. Mark, I'm gonna start with you. The Ole miss offense averages 36 and a half points a game. Really, they haven't been stopped by anybody. They they stopped themselves last week against Arkansas with six interceptions. I I guess you got to give Arkansas some credit, but 36 and a half points a game. Uh, Matt Corral, the quarterback, 1,280 yards passing. That's second in the SEC behind only Mac Jones of Alabama. 11 touchdown passes. I think seven interceptions, but again, six in the loss to Arkansas last week. 170 rushing yards. He's been hard to slow down. If, even if you uh, even if you get back there and, and get close to him, he's rushed for some yards. He's he's hard to bring down. He's uh, he presents a lot of challenges. Mark, you've watched Ole Miss play. What do you think of Matt Corral?
2: You know, I think that uh, he's a guy, when he gets hot and gets in rhythm, he's very difficult to deal with. You know, John Rice Plumley, who he was competing for for the starting uh, quarterback job, led the SEC in rushing last year. And uh, a lot of people thought he would be the guy. But, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin was quiet about who was going to be the starter in preseason and surprised some people by having Matt Corral out there. And, uh, you know, based on how he played the first three games, It was obvious why he was the choice. That was a crazy game last Saturday. He personally turned the ball over seven times, six on interceptions and one on a lost fumble. And they still had a chance to win the game until, you know, the three or four minutes were left and he threw another interception. And that was, that was game, set, match. So, uh, you know, I think what makes him even more effective Keith and Jason is his running backs, Jerry and Ely. Averaging 5.2 yards a carry, 88.8 yards a game. And then you got a bigger back, Snoop Connor. He's averaging uh, 55 yards a game. And, uh, you know, he's a really good inside runner. So, uh, you know, th- plus they got some good receivers to throw it to. They don't throw it to a lot of different guys. But uh, Elijah Moore is certainly having a great season at out.
1: Yeah, I want to get to the running backs in a second here. Yeah, but we'll start with the receivers. Elijah Moore, obviously, Uh, People that don't follow Ole Miss that closely probably remember him for his gaffe against Mississippi State last year when after scoring, I guess, the go-ahead touchdown or a touchdown that, uh, uh, without a tight end, I can't remember, but a a consequential uh, touchdown in that game got flagged for 15 yards for a ridiculous celebration, but he's got 42 catches which is really remarkable after four games, 575 yards. So the average yards per catch isn't anything extraordinary, but 575 yards receiving does lead the SEC. Uh, he has a long reception of 57 yards, two touchdown catches. Uh, Jason, he presents uh, Auburn with quite a challenge, doesn't he?
0: He does, and, and a lot of the reasons is because of the way he's used. Um, one thing we know about Lane Kiffin is Lane Kiffin is as good as there is at finding a matchup and exploiting that matchup. Um, So far, a lot of the season, that's been Elijah Moore in the slot. What we know about Auburn's defense is one of the issues they've had dating back to the last year or the year before, has been defending wide receivers in the slot. We saw Alabama do it, Minnesota. Uh, There's been some teams that have really exploited that. I would expect Lane Kiffin to to line up Elijah Moore in the slot a good bit. Um, How Auburn changes or defends that one of the keys to the game for me. Um, can they slow him down um, and, and limit those touches or limit his availability or effectiveness when he gets the ball in his hands? Uh, we saw Arkansas kind of sit back a little bit. Uh, that's not Auburn's na- – you know, that's not their nature. Um, we'll see if they change a little bit this week because, uh, you know, they go so fast, it's tough to be really um, – you know, different on defense, you kind of have to put base defense a little bit. And that may be a thing that helps Auburn they normally, when they struggle, when they go back to their base defense, they play better football. You're kind of forced to do that when you play Ole Miss.
1: You know, Jason, Ole Miss also will throw to the tight end. I know Auburn fans wish Auburn would do that. Uh, I, I, I'm going to struggle pronouncing the last name, but Kenny Ye- Ye- Yobo. Yebo Ye- Yobo, Ye- Ye- gosh. I'm, I've got the phonetic spelling and I still <laughs> or, I pronounce and still can't get it. Kenny Yebo Uh, boys having a good year, 15 catches, 355 yards, 23.7 yards per reception, four touchdowns. And then again, Ole Miss does have that running game. They, they can attack you. Jerry and Ely, 355 yards rushing at 5.2 yards per clip. Uh, The Connor kid, uh, 219 yards rushing 4.2 yards uh, per attempt. Overall 819 rushing yards for Ole Miss after four games. So there is the balance there. Uh, Just a, a really dynamic offense. Uh, Mark, the challenge of stopping them, like you said, is much harder because they also can run the ball. And Ely's one of the best in the SEC, is he not?
2: Oh, I agree. And, uh, you know, he's effective running between the tackles because he's so quick up in the hole. And, uh, you know, Kentucky is leading the SEC in rushing yards a game at 206. And, but Ole Miss is just like right behind it, 204.6. So, you know, a lot of the talk about the Ole Miss offense is about the quarterback – and the receivers, but I mean, they're higher ranked in the SEC statistics as a running team than they are as a passing team. All
1: right, Jason, you touched on this a second ago, but how do you really stop this team? 335 yards passing a game, uh, 205 yards rushing a game right around there. So what do you have to do? And Auburn's been a team that has struggled with its red zone defense. Uh, Penalties have been a big issue, at least last week in the loss to South Carolina. So, what is the key to Auburn here? How do they, I mean, you talked about the base defense, but what do they really have to do to cause some problems with Ole Miss's offense and keep them out of the end zone? Because holding them to field goals may be crucial in this
0: game. Uh, yeah, you're right. That, that could be the difference in winning and losing. I, there's a couple of things to me that stand out um, Saturday for Auburn's defense. The first thing is, you got to get off the field on third downs, um, force them into third down situations, and then um, capitalize on those opportunities. The other thing is, Mentioned tempo, Lane Kiffin—they're going to go fast. The thing that we haven't seen nearly as much of from Auburn's defense, especially on that defensive line, is rotation. Um, if you try to play DaQuan Newkirk and um, you know those other guys, you try to play those guys—you um, know—all but five snaps on Saturday, the Albers defense is going to be out of gas early. Um, they got to rotate some of those players, getting you know getting guys back healthy. Um, Dre Butler, some of these guys those guys have to give them some reps and they have to do it early. Um, Because if you're, if you, if you don't sub uh, against this Ole Miss, you know, offense, then you're going to be a lot of trouble. So for me, the two things I'm looking for, getting off the field on third downs and then can, they got to rotate guys to try to keep some bodies fresh for end of second quarter, fourth quarter football. And and that's where this game, you know, this game could be a, a difference maker.
1: All right. As good as Ole Miss's offense has been, the defense has been pretty atrocious, averaging – allowing, excuse me, 47 points a game, uh, well over 500 yards a game. I think it's 530 yards a game, which is – I mean, that's just staggering – uh, and I granted granted that the SEC is playing a lot more offense this year, but against Arkansas, they they only allow on this is this was a positive step for, for Ole Miss 150 rushing yards on 48 carries 3.1 yards a rush. But the rest of the season, when you, when you take it all together, they're allowing 265 yards rushing a game at 6.1 yards per carry. Again, those are staggering numbers. Uh, Mark, I, I mean, teams are running like crazy against Ole Miss. I mean, is that Auburn's plan as well? And and if not, I mean, should it be? I mean,
2: just looking at the stats, they're giving up almost a hundred more total yards than Florida, which is thirteenth in the league. And uh, wow, I don't remember seeing an SEC team this deep into the season giving up right at five hundred and eighty yards a game. That's just a crazy stat. And uh, I think Auburn would be. Nuts! If they don't go into this game looking to run the ball more often, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, Ole Miss has had trouble stopping the run. And number two, the best way uh, to keep Ole Miss from scoring a lot of points is to have uh, Matt Corral and his his buddies on offense watching the action from the sidelines while Auburn puts together eight, nine, ten play drives and with a lot of time of possession. And Auburn hasn't been very good this year at uh, controlling the clock time of possession-wise. And then when they've done that, at times they've gotten to the red zone offensively and haven't been real efficient scoring. So those are two stats to watch this week.
1: Mark Tank, Bigsby is red hot right now. He's now at 303 yards rushing after back-to-back 100-yard games, 6.1 yards a carry which is impressive enough. And then you factor in that his long run is only 30 yards and it's even more impressive. You know, on the one hand, you want that big burst. You'd love an 80 yard run out of a guy, but the fact he doesn't have you one tells you that he's consistently getting over five or six yards a carry Uh, one touchdown. uh, Sean Shivers was pretty solid in that first game against Kentucky. sounds like he's healthy and we will be back. DJ Williams averaging 5.4 yards a carry Bo Nix, even with, uh, even with the pressure from opposing defensive lines is still averaging 3.4 yards a carry. So he can provide some in the running game as well. Uh, are we going to get a heavy dose of tank Bigsby this weekend, or is it going to be more of a running back by committee? What do you think?
2: I would be shocked if Bigsby doesn't carry the ball 20 plus times in this game. And uh, I don't see any reason why I can't, he's a strong guy physically and uh, I think he's going to be one of those kind of backs that, You know, the more he carries the ball, the more it gets in sync and the better he plays.
1: Jason, looking at Bo Nix's stats for this season, five touchdown passes, four interceptions. He's been sacked 10 times, completing only 55% of his passes. That's one of the biggest issues, 869 yards. But, you know, I actually thought against South Carolina, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but if you take away the three interceptions (laughs) and you can't, but I thought he actually threw the ball well. There were a lot of timing patterns and that, that were on the money. Uh, you know, he still did some of the things he tends to do, which is roll out and, and roll back. But uh, you know, misleading in a sense because of the interceptions. I think is he heading in the right direction? I mean, wh- how, what do we? How do we judge him right now? I mean, I'm, t- I'm 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 tongue tied here because I don't really know how to. How do you put him into? you know what he's done this season he's had a lot of pressure in his face but then last week there wasn't much he got off to the good start then the interceptions came I mean what does he need to do to, to really take that next step because there's still so much inconsistency
0: yeah I, I think it's um, a matter of everybody obviously everything focuses on the quarterback and, and you can't throw three interceptions uh, you know like he did last week I thought for the first time Really, we saw Bo Nix trying to press the issue. He hasn't really done that in his career to this point. I thought Saturday was the first time he tried to press the issue and, and make plays where they really weren't there. Um, and then we talked to Eli Stove after the game. and he, You know, he's talking about, you know, wide receiver quarterback had to be on the same page. That's the thing that people, you know, may not understand as much, that all he takes is a, a wide receiver turning in when the quarterback thought he was turning out or vice versa, and it can make it look really bad in a hurry. They're doing a lot more of that this season in terms of those option routes, doing some of those things. And you guys have to be on the same page. And that's yeah. one of the issues where, you know, not having, um, you know, a spring to kind of ease into this thing, you know. And, and really, you know, you have six weeks to kind of get prepared for a season. But the last couple of weeks, you're already preparing for Kentucky. So, um, I think they're still kind of feeling each other out in terms of the passing game. But I thought overall as an offense, it was a step in the right direction. You just can't turn the ball over three times.
1: You know, Jason, last year Bo Nix played maybe his best game against Ole Miss and it, the game got close at the end, but
0: statistically
1: speaking, he was on the money. Uh, what are, what has he done well? All we hear about is what he's doing wrong. What is he doing well right now?
0: I think he's doing a, a better job of getting getting into a little bit of a rhythm. And, you know, even last week you look and, and the the drops um, were costly for him. And, and so you look at the completion percentage and um, – you factor in balls that should have been called, and there's probably six or seven last week alone. Um, and I think he's second in the league in terms of drop percentage among quarterbacks. Um, he's missed some targets too. Um, there's no question about that. But you know they got to do a better job of, of of you know making some plays too in the catch. So I think he's done a good job of that. But. Hey, the one thing he always does is, is keeping plays alive. Um, and sometimes that's a detriment. And I thought last week was probably the detriment where sometimes you just got to throw the ball away and understand the situation of who you're playing uh, in South Carolina. But you mentioned 10 sacks in four games. Um, he has probably, you know, helped um, another potential six or seven of those in four games too. So this could be a group that could have – they could have 16 or 17 sacks uh, if he wasn't as, as elusive as he is. So – that's the thing he's done well is probably avoid some, some negative plays along the way.
1: Mark, I'm looking at Auburn's receiving numbers and, and you know, everybody talks about Seth Williams. He's, he's kind of the stud receiver there, but Anthony Schwartz actually leads the team by 11 receptions with 27, but for only 256 yards. And here's the number that jumps out at me. His long reception of the year is 25 yards. How is it that Anthony Schwartz arguably the fastest guy in college football has a long reception
2: of only 25 yards. And what does Auburn need to do to change that? You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. They need to take at least several deep shots with him, you know, every ball game. And there's a lot of good things that happen, even if you don't connect on you get those safeties concerned about his speed, get them back off the line of scrimmage. He gives more room for the backs to run the ball. It gives more room for the receivers to run underneath routes a couple times. Um, uh, they were those plays were there, either Bo Nix threw the ball off target or, or uh, he didn't make a good adjustment on the ball downfield. And uh, they finally got one fairly long pass last week for 44 yards to Seth Williams. But I think they need to throw more deep balls. And uh, I'm a little bit puzzled why they haven't been doing it, Keith.
1: Yeah, you know, that 44-yard reception to Seth Williams that you mentioned, or by Seth Williams, that's Auburn's longest offensive play of the year. We're four games into the season. 44 yards being your long play isn't you're not getting the chunk plays you need. It's so hard in the SEC to have 80 yard, 15, and 16, 17 play drives. Too many things break down. Too many things can go wrong. Uh, Jason, I want to ask you about this. So uh, what's the word? Uh, because if I don't ask it, the fans are going to ask. It. What's the word with the tight end situation? Is Brandon Frazier, the freshman, pass catching tight end? Is he any closer to playing? I'm looking at the, the tight end numbers right now. Luke Deal, one reception. J.J. Pagese, one reception. John Samuel Sen- Schenker, one reception. So combined, Auburn's three tight ends have three receptions for a grand total of 10 yards. Are we close to seeing Brandon Frazier? Could this be the week? Is there any word there?
0: Yeah, you know, Gus Malzahn, last time we talked to him, he said a couple more weeks. So I think, you know, um, if if he if he's going to be ready, we'll find out when they step on the field. I wouldn't guess they would give anybody a heads up on that, but it sounded like he was still a little bit away. And um, I think that there's no question in my mind that, that all preseason uh, in camp, they talked about him and his playmaking ability, and he was a guy that they were – Counting on to be a part of this offense in the passing game, and um, and then when that didn't happen, um, you know they've they've gone another direction so far. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see JJ Pegues get a little bit more involved because of his playmaking ability. Um, but the thing you miss with Brandon Frazier is the red zone. Being six seven, that's that's a guy that you can absolutely attack in the red zone. A little tougher to do that when you're six one 300 pounds. But there's some there's some things in this in this plan that I think we can see from, from J.J. Piggies moving forward. But um, until Brandon Frazier is out there and in the mix, and um, I I don't know that we'll see a game where Auburn has eight or nine catches from a tight end.
1: We haven't talked about the offensive line yet. Both of you were at the game last week uh, against South Carolina. Jason, uh, the offense did have 480 yards. Uh, is that group getting better? Was that a step in the right direction for them?
0: Yeah, I think as much as anything, you know, I, I, I was um, – driving back from my high school game uh, late Thursday night and and listening to Damian Woody, a former NFL player, talking about offensive line and and talking about the potential that there's an NFL team this week that that may have an offensive line group that couldn't practice because of, you know, protocol and quarantine. He said, how difficult that is to do when you're not actually physically on the field together. Well, that's what we've seen from this offensive line throughout camp. and up until last week, they haven't had the same five guys working together. That was the first time it happened, and you saw it. I thought I thought a different group. Um, I, you know, I've talked about it since the summer. I thought this group had a chance to be more physical in the run game than last year's. Not as good a pass blocking group. That's kind of what we're seeing so far. So this group kind of kind of to me lends lends itself to running the football a little bit more because I think that's what they do the best.
1: I'm going to ask uh, both of you guys a couple of questions here. What is the bigger concern? We'll start with you, Mark. What is the big, bigger concern right now, Auburn's offense or Auburn's defense? Mark, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to you, Jason.
2: <laughs>
1: well, that's that's a tough question. I, I know. You, well, know that, look, you guys are the experts. <laughs> well, you could, yeah. I mean, look, you guys are the experts. So, Mark, what do you think? I mean, is it, a, is it a toss-up, or is there one that you think I'm a little bit more concerned with than the other right now?
2: You know, my, my biggest uh, – Take away from what I've seen so far, Keith, is the defense just isn't doing a really good job on third downs and, mm. and uh, getting folks off the field. And, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin is very aggressive. Um, he's going to, he's probably going to go a lot on fourth downs. So, I mean, Auburn's going to have to get considerably better at figuring out how to make stops in key situations if they're going to win this game. And if they can't do that, the offense is going to have a huge amount of pressure on it to keep up on the scoreboard. And, you know, you know, Ole Miss is certainly capable of putting up about 40 points or more on anybody yeah. in play. So, uh, you know, the big issue I see right now with the defense, Keith, is I don't see a consistent pass rush. Yeah, interesting. And that's has been good at in recent years, even when they didn't get to the quarterback at – They had a lot of quarterback hurries through 10 games. They only have four of them. I mean, four of them. Four games. Wow. Just four, just four quarterback hurries. Wow.
1: And then you have got Matt. Matt, Wow. And then Matt. Oh, okay. I got you. And then Matt Corral obviously. Yeah. Matt Corral is obviously a guy that that even if you get to him can scramble, can do some things with that strong arm and those legs is Jason bigger, bigger concern right now for Auburn, the offense or the defense.
0: Yeah. I think there's, there's issues across the board. Um, you know, whether it's not fielding punts and giving up a lot of hidden yardage at times. Offensively, I obviously, you know, if you turn it over three times again, then it becomes um, more than just a one-time situation. We hadn't seen that until last week. So uh, I think the offensive issues to me are red zone. you got to finish and score touchdowns. The defense to me is a little bit bigger issue because you've got the same coaching staff, the same system, the same guys you recruited now. You've had some injuries, uh, and and there's no question that that's had an impact. But um, to me, that group is the one that that should be kind of a little bit more stable, and they haven't been to this point. So um, there's issues all the way across, and, and and I think that's the case for a lot of teams in this league. How you quickly you can fix them, and, and how you can uh, can mask those on a Saturday. Um, you know, we'll find out against Ole Miss that maybe the, you know again one of the, some of the things you got to do: red zone, third downs on both sides of the ball, uh, things to watch.
1: Okay, well, that that brings me to my next point, and we'll start with you on this one, Jason. Just uh, maybe two keys to victory. You know, you watch these shows on TV, and people always say the same things, and there's a reason for that. You can't turn it over; you got to convert on third down. But Jason, two keys here is it, maybe you're gonna the secondary's got to step up, or the offensive line's got to continue to prove. But for you, what are the two biggest keys for Auburn tonight
0: this week? I think one of the biggest things, and it's not necessarily just turnovers. But I think Auburn needs – this defense needs to find a way to get a little energy and and create some turnovers and, and give the offense um, some positive, you know, on the other side of the 50 turnovers, like, you know, like they had, South Carolina had last week. That's how you kind of jump start an offense. So, um, create some turnovers. Um, and then, you know, on offense, again, finish. I think that's, that's where the thing is. And, um, you know, there's lots of things you can point to. But if I'm kind of talking about a couple of things, that would be where I'm leaning.
1: All right, Mark, what about you?
2: Oh, there's a lot of issues that need to be fixed. <laughs> you know, something that we haven't talked a whole lot about is, uh, you know, Auburn hasn't come out of, in the third quarter and mm. uh, and, and taken control of the games. And, you know, last Saturday is a good example of that. Auburn got the, the ball to start the third quarter, had a really nice drive, uh, ended up settling for a field goal. Auburn's only scored 13 points in the third quarter so far last year. Uh, they scored a lot of points. I think it was around right 100 points in the third quarter, more than twice as many as their opponents. And, uh, you know, they got to make better halftime adjustments, come out mentally ready to play football in the second half because these games they've been in, except for Georgia, have all been close. Yeah, good point. And, you know, the other thing is last week, they it, if they could have gotten a stop
1: late in the first half, you're talking about, having a much bigger lead at the half than just that two point lead. And you, you go into the halftime locker room, uh, the locker room at halftime last week thinking, you know, you're up two, but you should be up by 14 or more. So that had to be kind of devastating to them. Uh, all right, guys, we, we've got your predictions in print, obviously at Auburn undercover, uh, and inside the Auburn Tigers, but let's do it here. Who wins and why? Mark, we'll start
2: with you. Yeah. I picked Ole Miss to win 41, 37 and, uh, I just think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Now, I certainly think Auburn could win, and Auburn's favored. um, But um, I just – you know, I haven't seen enough consistency from this Auburn team, uh, particularly on the road to win. And we haven't seen Bo Nix play nearly as well uh, in road games as we have seen him play at Jordan-Hare Stadium. So, putting that all together, you know, I think Auburn can win, but I think it's a really good chance Ole Miss does. Mm. Jason?
0: Yeah, I – I picked Ole Miss, and it was kind of the same thing. I think other than um, Alabama, maybe Georgia, Florida, and Texas A&M to some extent on the the good side and Vandy on the terrible side, everybody else in the league is – they all kind of look the same, um, very inconsistent. Um, because of that, I went with home team. Um, um, and, you know, Auburn has not played very well on the road. And so, I, you know, those two things together, I, I think Auburn – May win and, and should win the game, but um, they got to go out and do it, uh, and and that's the thing they got to go out, go out and, and take a game over. Like Mark said, uh, can they do that? And if they do, it could be a, a season defining thing. It's, it's hard to imagine beating the one a one win Ole Miss team can do that, but that's exactly where you stand in 2020.
2: Well, listen, I'm a guys, big in football. As- Toughness and you got to be, yeah, tough at the line of scrimmage and physical and tackle, but you got to have mental toughness too. And like you were saying, Keith, you know, right before halftime, you know, Auburn gave up that touchdown. And, you know, sometimes the defense has just got to man up when their teammates on offense make a mistake and put out the fire. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen the mental toughness this team needs.
1: Well, if this game uh, holds true to your, your, the two of your predictions, then I look, Lord help, God bless. (laughs) our message board moderators Saturday because it it, it could get ugly, but Auburn sitting at two and two big one this weekend uh, against one and three Ole Miss. Next up on the schedule after that is LSU. uh, Another inconsistent team that's kind of struggling around and figuring out what it is right now, early in the season. Well, actually, we're already at the midway point. And then uh, look it. it, There's a challenge every week. Uh, Auburn will have that off week, but there's, There's no gimmies on the schedule this year, but this is when Auburn has typically circled the wagons under Gus Malzahn. Just when you want to count him and his teams out, oftentimes that's when they start to play better. So that'll be the task this week. Can Auburn turn things around and get it moving in the right direction? For Mark Murphy and Jason Caldwell Inside the Auburn Tigers, this is Keith Niebuhr, and this is the Auburn Undercover and Inside the Auburn Tigers podcast. Everybody have a safe and enjoyable weekend, and have fun watching the game. Take care.